Welcome to A Million Baptist Podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the roundtable. It's me and Dylan here. Uh, episode 20 of our sort of second year doing this. Mm-hmm. And it seems weird to think that we're that far ahead, but uh, met a lot of fun people, new yeah. people doing this. We've and- come a long way from the first uh, first time we did it, the first week of COVID. <laughs> and we said, we need something. And we yeah. taped a bunch of black curtains up yeah. over the windows. Yeah. And we put a table right. there and called we- it a round table. So. <laughs> yes, we... Uh, we have moved up in the world. We mm-hmm. went from the congregation or from the worship center to the conference room. Yeah. Someday this will be our podcast room. Someday. <laughs> Someday. Uh, but we do appreciate you guys for listening and just uh, sort of checking in on these topics and some good discussion. That's why we call it the roundtables mm-hmm. as we're trying to sort of bring back or create and continue the art of discussion and yeah. what's important to discuss, discipleship matters, theology matters, church matters. Today and we're going to have fun, though. Today there's a little bit of a fun entrance into maybe somewhat of a serious topic, but mm-hmm. uh, we're wanting to talk a little bit about that movie Free Guy. My name is Guy. Sunday should be warm and sunny, just a scattering of drive-bys. And I live in paradise. Yeah. Now, I've seen the movie... But Dylan not yet has seen not seen the movie yet. Many of you out there might have seen it. Free Guy is the new movie with Ryan Reynolds that completely takes place in a game world. Not completely takes place, but somewhat takes place in this world of a video game, an RPG to be specific. And sort of the premise is Guy, who that's the name of the main character. They didn't really stretch their brain muscles out a whole lot to come they up with They ran out of names. So uh, the writer I, was there going, part of the what joke. should we name our main character <laughs> this guy. time? Oh, so guy. guy. But it's part of, the, part of the plot. I know. Guy thinks his world is perfect. Um, sort of a my name is Guy and I live in paradise mm-hmm. is what he says early moments of Free Guy, the movie. Um, and sort of you realize right away he wakes up every day in the same stuff. The sheets are playing, the comforts are playing, the walls are playing, everything's sort of just, there's no life to it. He greets his goldfish, he raises the blinds, eats the same thing for breakfast, watches the same thing on the news every day. There's, there's sort of a juxtaposition of how happy he is in his monotony. Yeah. And then you meet up with his friend, uh, and they settle in for another day as a bank teller, but what they don't tell you is that he lives in this video game called Free City, and to the outsider, it's not a paradise. It's a bit more like the that um, video game Grand Theft Auto. Auto. Yeah, yeah. So which I'm not has, a, which, I'm not a big yeah. gamer, but <laughs> it's 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 rather controversial. Uh-huh. You sort of there's a lot that could be said for video games. I'm just games. throwing that out there because you know half of your groups are going to go, "This is great," and the other yeah. half's going to go, "They're going to have a lot to you, say about this." You play one that if Adam? they're into it. No, I just I just know a lot of stuff <laughs> about things that You're don't culturally. matter. Yeah. Uh, culturally apt, um, but people in, in his uh, days before pastor people in yeah I played Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> people in the video yeah. game are routinely shot and buildings explode and they rob people and you know it's 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 as always sort of poking at the um, alluring factor of these RPGs where you go and you become someone you want to be but you can't be because of like laws and rules and stuff and I think it's a bit more yeah. showing of human nature which you'll find to be right. a bit ironic. When you see where we're going with this, yeah. One thing I thought was interesting watching, just doing the little research leading up to this, and watching the trailer and everything, was that he thinks it's normal, like it's clockwork. Yeah, yeah. Every day he's robbed, and he just kind of gets down, and nothing affects him. He's he's mm-hmm. a nothing character. 
but he thinks it's a perfect time, perfect place. And Ryan Reynolds really does just an incredible job of the character, which he, his eyes closed. He can play some killer protagonist. He's just got right. that on him. But if you think of like the Sims and Grand Theft Auto, that's sort of what this world is. Well, anyway, um, they are considered NPCs, which are non-playing characters. And it's sort of bystanders and extras around, and they're getting run over, shot, and all this other stuff. And then they regenerate. They wake up the next morning and do the whole thing again. It's very... Uh, has Fillers. Elements of... <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So Free Guy is the tale of Guy, who all of a sudden becomes self-aware and begins to make choices. And it confuses people when you immediately move from the video game world to the real world. Mm-hmm. It confuses all the programmers. And the reason why he's able to do this is because of some artificial intelligence code uh, that you'll see um, as part of the first act. Now, I'm not going to say too much more or too much else because I don't want to give away uh, any spoilers or anything like that. But you have this existentialist philosophy in the movie he's in. And Guy is not the only character in the film who needs to learn to take responsibility for his life and his choices. And so you start getting a sort of a mirrored effect in the storytelling it really was, just as a quick review, entertaining. I mean, it was unique. I'm always up for a very unique plot line mm-hmm. nowadays since there's a, you live in a world of sequels and uh, trilogies, just kind of the same thing and wear it out. Um, it's really refreshing, kind of a, a storytelling thing. Now, you can go on Parent Review or Common Sense Media because there are just yeah, a couple of curse words. And overall, uh, there's no sex, no nudity in any of it, and I wouldn't be talking about it if there was because I wouldn't be watching it. But the message here, really, without giving any spoilers, and I'm, I'm not a gamer, but this movie will resonate with gamers, is that there is something to be freed mm-hmm. in you. That everyone's sort of in like a state, much like the Matrix introduced us to, you don't know you're living in the Matrix, but you're in the Matrix. Right. Uh, sort of an unawareness that there is a need to be aware and there needs to be woke. And only when you can be awoken or awoke or awakened, however you want to say that, the only way you can be awakened is through a uh, grasp of reality and then you're able to live exactly how you want right. to live. Like you have a lot of my truth sort of in this. And I don't know if you ever saw The Truman Show. I did not. But in 1998, yeah. Jim Carrey made this movie that holds up brilliantly in the reality TV age where Carrey plays a man named Truman Burbank who was raised in this giant bubble. Um, but the, every moment of his life was broadcasted by the world. Ed Harris played the creator. And Truman's life changes when he starts to realize something is fishy and he wonders if he can break out of the construct and find his own way and goes up against the show's creator. So that right there is this person wakes up, starts with anxiety, something's wrong, but Mm -hmm. it ends up being very freeing for him because he goes up against the show's creator. He goes up against the hold things have on him and the prism things put him in and the box that he's living in. And, you know, he's a he's woke. He's he's there. He's alive now. So it's, it's probably not as well known now, but The Truman Show is this very, very important movie where a character realizing they're being controlled sort of um, sees a force bigger than him and, be, and starts becoming into a, a large meditation on the meaning of life, fate, chance, and destiny. Now, people probably at this point in time are going, okay, why are you all talking about movie reviews? Movie reviews, and what does that have to do with current culture, Christianity, Yes, well, I'm glad you asked, uh, audience participant. Uh, I'm just just helping you know what people are thinking right (laughs) now. This is right, exactly. No, and then we're going to do five more movie reviews, and you've wasted your time. No, Free Guy raises uh, other surprisingly deep questions about the nature of being. 
For instance, if we develop self-aware artificial intelligence and then decide to delete the code that powers them, does that mean we've killed off a being? So they started addressing some issues of life and what constitutes a life. Mm -hmm. um, which is interesting. Which is That's interesting. a big yeah. uh, debate nowadays. What when, is real life? When does life begin and what is life? So there's definitely know? some of that too, but so. they go, we're going to go in another direction. Um, Romans 1, 21 through 22 sort of gives us uh, where we should be when it comes to the relationship between creator and creation. And here, here's where I want today's episode to land. Perhaps what we've all been slowly constructing is our own simulations. Our interactive relationship with the world mm -hmm. takes place through a screen for the most of us, uh, even more so under the guise of safety and health with some legitimacy, but will absolutely create an unhealthy dependency on not living a real life, but living a simulated one. Um, I'm going to turn the movie a bit on its heel to express what I believe the Christian outlook would be when met with something like the message of free guy, mm -hmm. which is you're born this way, but living your truth is the goal of your life. You know, the gospel would say something entirely different. Right. So currently in our culture, we document our lives on social media. We perform for followers. We don't interact with friends. We gamify our lives, turning fitness and hydration and sleep quality into contests using things on our wrist and things on our ring fingers and tiny computers we carry in our pockets. Uh, we buy things uh, that algorithms tell us to buy. We may feel little by little that we're ceding control to something outside of us, probably a corporation. So again, it's not surprising that movies reflect that anxiety, but the gospel tells you, and this is the key, the gospel tells you the right place to put inevitable things you'll undergo and experience, and the right place is not within you. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's it's the same classic sort of Disney tale yeah. of if you dream it, you can do it. Follow right. your heart, believe in yourself, and and while Free Guy approaches it a bit more through existentialism, the Age of Enlightenment message still stands true everything that has been sort of cast upon you that you didn't really want to believe right. has become abusive. Yeah. And they disregard the quest for truth and point it inward and just say, there is no real truth out there, which in and itself is a truthful statement, which I always love about postmodernism. Exactly. The truth is that there is no truth is objective. Mm -hmm. You have this reaction from everyone that goes, wow, you're right. That must be why I have the anxiety I have. Mm -hmm. That must be why I'm going through the pain and the depression and the suffering that I'm going through. Yeah. And in all that, the world is basically missing the message of the gospel, um, you know, and understanding, A, the n nature of man mm -hmm. and who God is, uh, the nature of God in all That's that. That's if they don't completely know? deny his existence. Right. Even which, if they believe there is a creator, they still don't understand that, you know, and, and so they try to explain it. It's interesting to me that in every, and I don't want to sound too independent fundamental here. Because uh, I'm not trying to act like I've had conversations with the writer, but man, I would love to have the writer on any time. Yeah. So uh, if he listens to this, <laughs> yeah, if he's give us a the, ring. One of the 300 people that listen, <laughs> uh, please give us a call. Um, we'll, we'll schedule on our yeah, busy we'll schedule. schedule here. Right. On. <laughs> uh, we we do. I do want to make mention yeah. of this though that every time the creator, if the protagonist is the person who wakes up, mm. the creator is often categorized or characterized rather as a lunatic or someone that's sort of out of control, a, right. a megalomaniac, mm -hmm. which is an atheist or even sometimes agnostics viewpoint of the Christian God yeah. is an egomaniac without realizing the nature of man and the nature of God, which is one of sin meeting 
unconditional love and unconditional grace and holiness. So how again, do we combat this, you know, we, this world? Yeah. And we're not out to protest the movie. Like I said, yeah, I, no, we're just using this as a, as a launch into no, the way just, we currently are thinking as a culture. The movie so. is doing what I think the movie sh- should do, causing us to think, uh, we can be the fools that emulate, uh, characters in a movie or <laughs> go to Hollywood for life advice. That's on yeah. us. If we're doing that, that's crazy. But the basic message of the movie is if we want to save our world from becoming like Free City, we need to resist the people who try to construct our realities for us and find a way to live outside their grasp or at least find a better way to live. This is where one of many conversations on what we have been rather consumed with in church circles, deconstruction, comes into play. The idea that everything that you have been viewed or um, raised Mm -hmm. to see as normal or truth was really out just to hurt you. Um, and what we are seeing now is nothing's new under the sun. Yeah. It's a fad way of thinking. But the difference is this. One of these ideologies is bent towards releasing your true inner self, which, by the way, just so happens to always be right. Whatever your truth is, whatever your self is. Once you get in touch with yourself, it's always it good. Works out. So we've got the nature of man mm-hmm. wrong there that pe- people do. And then in that, ignore everything that you've been taught because if anything has ever been over you that looked legalistic, if anything ever has been over you that looked too religious or looked too orchestrated or controlled by man, then man, it's got to go. And you can find some connections here to where people have uh, felt unease and anxiety, rightfully so, in bad church experiences. Mm -hmm. Not that that's ever supposed to thwart the commands of God. Human beings and their actions shouldn't do that. But we do see a very big reality with deconstruction that's flowing with the ideology behind this movie that says your best case is to wake up from your monotony. Even if you think you're happy in it, Mm -hmm. you're not really living your true potential, your true self, unless you rebel against the authority there. Because the only real authority in your life should be you. And there's nothing more you know contrary what's best for you. Yeah. Then nothing more contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ says, um, you don't know what's best for you at all. Uh, the only thing that you know is what the Lord has allowed you to know. And that truth is, it's his life. Your life is his life. Mm-hmm. And you need to submit to him. And then you'll see joy rest uh, in the real truth. The Take up your cross daily. The way, the truth, the life. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, it hits home. Conversations like this do yeah. hit home. One reason I want to do it, I have a very good friend who I won't mention his name. Um, uh, several good friends, actually. One is a, a large proponent of, of what we're calling deconstruction, and it's attached to the evangelical movement that we've been evangelicals our whole life, and uh, now all of a sudden, you know, we just view it as evil, so we leave it, and we're not just leaving it, we're militant about it. But he wrote this, my buddy wrote this, who's working in, in a lab, or what I call a lab, uh, rather facetiously, but it's really uh, <laughs> a, a research group. Mm-hmm. And he said this, many religious traditions rely on feelings of guilt as a way to indicate that a person has done something wrong. This kind of religion raises people to believe it's normal to live with fear, guilt, and shame. Well, bottom line is it's ab- absolutely normal to live with fear, God's guilt, and shame. God's given us a conscience. God's given us a conscience. He's given us the ability yeah. to and decipher his word things. to show us. <laughs> to eliminate our sin and his yeah. glory. Um, not to mention there's a huge difference between guilt and shame when you're living in it 
and guilt and shame when you're recognizing it, but mm-hmm. not surrendering to it because you've been bought and paid Does for it by the King of Kings. Does it lead you to repentance? Exactly. Uh, so he goes on to write, you are taught to feel guilty for normal thoughts, emotions, sexual desires, and behavior. The word normal there used very loosely and subjectively. Using that word normally really goes up against everything he believes because he's the one that gets to define normal. So mm-hmm. who gets to define that? And it comes back down to a okay. conversation of nature, of man, always will. There is constant fear and guilt of not living a godly life and burning in hell for all eternity. This kind of normal guilt and religion turns into immense psychological trauma for so many. There's that famous word, trauma. What's triggered you, what's caused trauma within you, and I want us as a people to understand the difference between bad messages Mm -hmm. that have created real abuse and real trauma with recognizing yourself for who you are and responding to the gospel because of it. Mm-hmm. Not every traumatic experience gets you farther from the cross. Right. It can be a traumatic experience wake you up. to go, yeah. I'm a sinner? Who wants to hear that information yeah. if they're strictly flesh? Mm-hmm. Who wants to hear, I, have, I'm, I did this wrong? Oh, no. And so the difference between the Christian gospel and deconstruction is, are you blaming somebody else for right. who you are when you recognize who you are and what you're dealing with? And in turn, or in, in response, pretending you're something you're not. Yep. Or are you admitting, confessing, believing that Jesus paid for the sin that you've created and that you are in your nature and bought you with the blood of Christ? That goes in complete contrast to a, a movie, a book, a TV show that sort of sways the crowds to think that everything that they've ever known is hogwash yeah. and the only real truth can be found inside themselves. Yeah, it goes against the idea that there's some good in you apart from Christ. Like, you know, you're a relatively good person. Yeah. If you just got in touch with yourself. Which is there's no fact and there's, behind that. Yeah, there's right. no fact. There's no, it's not as a unbiblical idea of yeah. the nature of man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird time um, to feel like you're saying something controversial when you say that man is not good. Right, yeah. So you can't look around and see natural desire everywhere. Right. Is that become, you know, obtuse to everybody? Yeah. Uh, the gospel lists three enemies, and I think we give two of these a lot of attention. I think we forget the third one a lot because it doesn't feel too good. But the first enemy is the world, and the second enemy is Satan himself. But the third enemy, and we've mentioned this before, is our flesh. It's mm-hmm. who we are. We can't forget flesh or we forget the purpose of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The entire purpose of the gospel is that you alone can't cut it. You alone can't awaken yourself from this dangerous monotony (laughs) you yourself can't make sense of suffering in this fallen world it can Mm -hmm. only be the biblical narrative it can only be the historical accounts of the old and new testament who've delivered to us supernatural history within natural history and given nothing but prophetic evidence and testimony from earthly human beings with their faults of their own uh, a testament to the one true god it's based off of a a me-centered ideology yeah and don't yeah. you find a lot more of that? You're a consumer of, mm-hmm. of, of movie. You have a bit more probably uh, a bit more strict uh, approach to things uh, than I do or than I was raised with perhaps, but I still think you've taken in your fair share of, of movies and TV shows and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But the dangers of me esteem in movies today, like isn't that part of why your parents really didn't allow you yeah. guys to watch Disney movies when you were growing up? Yeah. Because well, I it recognize that, that they the were more, against Disney, you know, and we've watched a lot since we got older, but they wanted us to be at a point where we could decipher 
a lot of that, you know, a responsibility. Me, me focus. We go versus, over that when, yeah. we, when we go to Universal. Yeah. We went to Universal Studios uh, a couple of days just to celebrate the birthday, and we took the girls, and Ellie Joe's seven, and Tegan's four, and Zoe's two and a half. And so there's a lot of stuff Tegan and Zoe can't do. Um, even though I have tall kids, I yeah. r- I'd rather tall kids, right. <laughs> which is just crazy to me. Yeah, for I, me I'm Jeff. only 5'10". Yeah, yeah. my wife's like 5'9", so they're all tall. <laughs> and Ellie Joe can do pretty much all the rides except right. like three rides. But there's this Harry Potter world, mm. you know. You have like half of it. It's brilliant. It's half of it in one park, half of it in another, and you take a train to get there. And she's so infatuated yeah. with the world because it's cool. It, it looks you great. You know, like I, I get all the, her, her dad's a pastor. We get all the witchcraft verses. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the bottom line is there's a lot of fun to be had in a mythical world. And, you know, let's get real. Narnia and Lord of the Rings have magic in them. Stop freaking out. But at this point, um, you kind of have to go, well, honey, there's a reason why we haven't let you watch the movies yet. It's because there's a maturity necessary to make sense of the things that you are experiencing. And that goes back to the importance of discipleship and the importance of raising your kids in the word. You're not just after their emotions. You're after their maturity. You want the Lord to mature them in the gospel and in the word because they don't just enter the world and do wonderfully. There's struggle, there's pain, there's disappointment, there's failure. And maturity helps you make sense of that, not from a me-esteem perspective or a self-esteem perspective, but from one that esteems the Lord in yeah. everything that you say and do. Very Philippians 4, sort of wherever I'm doing and what, whatever is being mm-hmm. done to me, let it all be done for the, the great, the power and the majesty of the Lord and the glory of the Lord is what I was looking for. And then let that be reflective in my joy mm-hmm. that I have for him. Um, great quote by uh, Rob Reno. We, we mentioned Rob Reno and Amy Reno a while back when we did our visionary parenting. Yeah. Uh, maybe link that, uh, Clay, whenever you get a chance to edit this. But um, it was the one I did with Amy Joe, is, yeah, my wife on, and we talked about parenting. Yeah. Uh, when you stop goofing around at college and uh, do some work for us, that'd be great, Clay Edwards. Um, but Rob Reno said this, Moses didn't feel good about himself. His first question to God was, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I love that humble account. Uh, what was God's answer and what does it tell us about the importance of genuine self-esteem? God said to Moses, I will be with you. And this is what Rob goes on to say. God didn't say, you can do it, Moses. Mm-hmm. You're a good man and you are brave. And this is what we get. You give him a pep talk. <laughs> yeah. And, and he says, you, and Rob continues with, you are special. I believe in you. You know, yeah. I can even hear Rob saying that. Right. And to me, I'm not going to say Rob pointed at these people because Rob's a lot better than not mentioning names than I am, but I don't care as much. But there are a lot of preachers behind pulpits right now who are, that's their gospel message is if you believe it or dream it, you can do it. And it's called moralistic therapeutic deism and it's contrary to the gospel. It actually looks more a lot like cultural Christianity right. than does biblical Christianity. And we've, we've really beat that dead horse in here, but God made it clear to Moses. And this is what Rob continues to write that this mission was not about Moses. The mission that you're on is not about you. It was about the Lord. It's about the one who put you on right. the mission right. circling all the way back to Romans one, 21 through 22. It sums up for a lot of postmodern thinkers uh, the basic tenets of deconstruction. But he goes on to say, could it be that we don't need more self-esteem, but we need more God-esteem? The only way to feel good about who we are is to know who God is and trust him through our circumstances and despite our feelings of inadequacy. I love how Rob put that because it's realistic Mm -hmm. at the end. Like It's not saying you're in sin for having feelings of inadequacy. It's saying turn it to praise. Yeah. Turn it to the one who is adequate and more than adequate. Turn it to the one who met all the standards if you feel like you're falling short of all the standards. Mm-hmm. To me, that's so more empowering. Right. And trying to do it all yourself. Then you can do it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, 
Why would that? Because you keep be? failing. <laughs> because you're not, <laughs> you're not God, right? You know, and that is what you're really trying to deconstruct from um, an atheistic perspective. Mm-hmm. You're sort of ticked that you're not the Lord. This mm-hmm. this comes back to the garden, man. This is yeah. this is you. God got to do this, and you don't. And then it's slowly sort of ingrained in all the messages of a me-centered, altruistic, right. non-believing fallen world. Yeah, and everybody likes not everybody, but No, uh, hyperbole is welcomed yeah. here. A lot of people everybody. Like, <laughs> a, lo- a lot of people like to believe that the Christian life is uh, restrictive and uh you know it it really is uh weighty and that kind of stuff. And really if you s- step back and think about it, it's really freeing yeah, that we exactly. can't do it ourselves. Yeah, it's and only restrictive. God yeah. that does it through us through compared us. to, you know, the atheistic view right. or the idea that God isn't involved on the day-to-day basis uh, yeah. with us and we're on our own and we're having to figure this out ourselves. Yeah, you know? it's only restrictive if you want to do bad things. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, yes, it is. It's very restrictive mm-hmm. to protect you from yourself. Yeah. Praise God from all yeah. who blessings flow. Like the idea is it doesn't let me do what I want to do. That's the point, genius. Because we're going to, you know, basically we're idiots and we would do what we want to do. And I, I mean, this is, this is where you, you preach to yourself. You preach yeah. to the choir. I mean, this should be, this should be creating humble spirits. Yeah. Not, not ones who are saying, you know, I figured this out and mm-hmm. look how much God loves me because I fig- you didn't figure out anything. Yeah. Like the only things you know about the Bible are the things that the Holy Spirit illuminated in your life. Um, but again, if you're looking at some passages that help you sort of sum up what most postmodern thinkers are, are pushing right now mm-hmm. in theories of deconstructionism, I turn no further than Romans 1, 21 through 22. Um, the very basic tenets of deconstructionism are contrary to the clear teaching of the Bible that absolute truth does exist and we can indeed know it. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, 4. Um, Isaiah 65, 16. John 1, 17 through 18. It continues on. Even Galatians 2, 5. So just to kind of clarify, Free Guy is a fun movie. Truman Show, great movie. Love the movie. Truman Show is one of my favorites. Yeah. But that's how they should remain, movies. Um, what happened to just enjoying some things without having to fasten so much of who we are to them? And I think it, it, at the end of the day, for me, a conversation like this is a reminder that we are called to be in the world but not of the world. We are suffering in this world, but we, unlike the world, make sense of our suffering and turn our... We have hope. Uh, we have yeah. hope in our grief. We, we have a joy that sur- and, and a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that we are to be in the world, not of the world, but not be married to the world right. because we, the church, are the bride of Christ. So everything that we're saying and doing and everything that we're watching, let there be a lens of Christ Jesus, his mm-hmm. glory, his word, his message and just see what he brings to light in your life. Turn every yep. moment into a, uh, an opportunity at discipleship. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that seems to be the key. So, man. Yep. And while uh, we're on movies yeah. topics, um, a great site to look up if you have want to learn about movies is movieguide.org. Um, it's one of my favorites because it dives into the worldview behind the movie. So okay, as cool. you're teaching your kids and even yourself and saying, okay, what is the worldview that is leading this movie yeah. uh, ideology and then you know as you watch it you go into with that that framework and you can be oh, on yeah. on the lookout and be use it as a teaching it's uh, movieguide.org movieguide.org use it a teaching guide to teach your kids cool, so, man. that's amazing yeah. and hey 
how many days until uh, your new girlfriend comes and visits? Yeah, uh, uh, 10 days. So, so Emily, every, we're very excited. For everybody yes. who doesn't know who's listening, uh, Dylan is is dating, courting. How are you yeah. wording it? In dating, a relationship. In a relationship <laughs> with. I like that. Oh, so you're on the Facebook route. Dylan's right. in a relationship with this beautiful Christian yeah. you know, young lady named Emily. And so we are excited to meet her. And her family. And her family. Yes. Maybe even while she's here, we can hear from her. I'm going to push that. I'm going to see. You said she's a silent type, right? I think she's not going to like this idea. <laughs> so I'm just you're thinking, put that out there. You're thinking she could at least maybe stand over there while we did one, maybe, or sit over there and I listen to us. I think she might have some words for you when she, this round no, table comes No, I'm going to make out, Clay keep so. every ounce of this in here, uh -huh. because if you're going to put me on blast <laughs> with your Cracker Barrel trivia and all this other stuff you surprise me with when you uh -huh. know I have a very busy, anxiety-ridden day yeah. and a bunch of responsibilities, yeah. you got to prepare for this stuff, bro. You gotta know I'm coming for you at the end. Oh, of I days. know, I know. I'm not worried. Do I look? Uh, do I look <laughs> out of my yeah, own? Yeah. <laughs> you handled that wonderfully. No, we're all excited to meet her. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you so much for uh, listening to these roundtables. If you could do us a favor, uh, when you uh, listening to these, if you make it this far, share. Uh, subscribe. subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to Spotify, Apple Music, or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, anything on there that we're, we're Share with your on. friends. Share with your friends. Yeah. We would love to uh, get to know more people, get to have more opportunities to do these and talk about some really culturally relevant, biblically relevant things. And so we just appreciate you for listening. This is me and Dylan saying goodbye to you. Have a wonderful day.